Thanks for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Uh, today, it's so, it's so thrilling when we see people come to faith in Christ and want to get baptised, I'd be identified with him. If you're a guest here today, we, a special warm welcome to you. Um, it might be a bit confusing to you just coming in and just catching up halfway through a, a, our preaching series, but we're doing a, a series called Disciple because we want to ensure that everybody gets properly discipled in this church. And it basically boils down to this. Um, it, 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 it's three things. First of all, we, we really get our relationship, the upward relationship with God, really on tune. We first of all focus on him daily, weekly, yearly. And it's, it, we, we want to be God-focused. Then secondly, out of that, it's the in. Once we realise that God loves us it, and we, we get that into our spirits, it, it helps shape our character and how we act together as a church in the community. When we get those two together, up, in, we go out. It will be, a, it will be it's a constant thing. Up, in and out. Whether individually, in our community groups, in our church, it's up, in and out. It's, that's how Jesus modelled his own life. He had that relationship with the Father, which was intimate and private, um, but that that helped him in his living with his 12 motley crew disciples, warts and all, um, doing community together, learning the principles of kingdom, and, and as a consequence of that, they, they went out. And so today, I've, I've got the privilege, really, of, of speaking about fast-forward into our new identity. And those two triangles, do you remember the old um, tape recording? We've still got one. You, pr- you press the fast-forward, and it goes forward quickly. So we're going now fast-forward into our new identity. It's easy to take people for granted. It's also easy to take our hearing, our eyesight, our sense of taste for granted. Familiarity, if it doesn't breed contempt, it can still so easily cause us to miss out on the enjoyment and that sense of appreciation. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. It's, it's so true. Yeah, Sue and I love gardening, we, we, I mean, particularly Sue, and uh, we, we both get a real kick out of getting back into the garden and, and getting it sorted out, springtime, ready, ready for um, the summer, we've got all the spring weeding done. And last week I was busily walking along a path to do something, and I did sense the Holy Spirit say to me, I want you to go back and look at that flower, because you've prepared for it, you've weeded it, you've watered it. And now you're ignoring it. You're taking it for granted. And it was an aquilegia. Do you know what an aquilegia is? Most beautiful flower. So purposefully, I felt the Lord prod me on this. I, I knelt down and looked at it. And it was so beautiful. I, I picked it and went into the kitchen. And I said, Sue, you've got to look at this. Look on the inside of the aquilegia. And we were, we were, we were um, awestruck by the absolute beauty of this plant. And I've taken it for granted. It's there, I appreciate it, but walk on, but not really enjoyed what it is. So familiarity can breed contempt. Jesus said something similar to his disciples, didn't he? He said, consider the lilies of the field. They neither sow nor spin, but... Even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. 
and God, your Father in heaven, will provide for you. So it's not that Graham's gone all effeminate just because he's looking at flowers, because Jesus himself used this as an illustration both to men and women not to take things for granted, but God speaks through creation. It says in the scriptures that creation pours forth his speech because God is in creation, speaking to us. Is anybody, is anybody staying awake the other week, last Sunday night, I think, when they had that amazing thunderstorm? It was awesome, wasn't it? I've never seen anything like it. Apparently the size of whales, a thund- thunderstorm that would have covered the size of whales, came over us and it was just so dramatic. And God speaks through his creation. You know, as I was prepping for today's talk, I, I realised that we too can take, become over-familiar with these great truths of what we're going to be looking at today. Who we are, our identity in Christ, that you're loved, accepted, precious, valuable in his eyes. Yeah, I've been there, done that. But I think Jesus would have us look again at these truths. We take them for granted. We've moved on. And I think the measuring... We can tell if we're taking things for granted. When somebody becomes a Christian... How do we personally respond to that? How do you personally respond to when somebody comes to faith in Christ? Jesus said, the angels in heaven rejoice. And as God is doing things in our lives, we're seeing more healings taking place, aren't we? We must never get over-familiar or familiar with what God does supernaturally. We must really keep our sense of gratitude to him. And when we, people come up to share, and hey, God's done something, not we have to applaud and shout, but we, you might want to do that. But what we want to do is, hey, God is here, and God has done something wonderful, and we are grateful. Those ten lepers Jesus healed, only one came back and thanked Jesus. And so, if we're in growing the kingdom of God amongst us, we must keep that sense of focus so we don't let familiarity breed contempt in us. Because we can lose our way if we do that. And today, as we see these dear friends be baptised, it's a party in heaven. It really is. I mean, huge stories behind these baptisms today. I'd like to read to you from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 10, because that's the chosen passage of Scripture. I'm going to read it from the, the message, which is an up-to-date, um, funky translation of the, the New Testament. So it's, um, um, it's just really enjoyable to read. It, it, the Apostle Paul is writing to this church at Ephesus, which is modern-day Turkey, um, but 2,000 years ago, and he said this, Now, God has us where he wants us. With all the time in his world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play a major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both, the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. 
It's grace from start to finish. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you that you would go forth and say, so he's chosen you. And you know he chose you. And Rahola, he's chosen you. And Maria, he's chosen you. It's wonderful that God, the real God, the only true God, not the counterfeits God, gods that we're seeing affect this nation. There's only one true God, and that's the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything else is counterfeit. It's not all roads lead to the same God, it doesn't. God is a father of lights. The good is a good, good father. And when Jesus came to earth, his mission was not just to save us, but to show us what the father is really like. And we see the revelation that Jesus showed us is that God is a good God. And just to say, those who are being baptized today, you have been born again by the Holy Spirit. It's the biggest miracle going. It's bigger than cancers being um, eradicated. We've seen that. It's bigger than people's eyesight being given back. You have been born again by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, no one knows where the Holy Spirit's going to blow and hit next. It's like that, um, that thunderstorm. I was looking out my window and, and bang, it was one moment there. The lightning came down. Next moment, bang. You may not be a Christian here today, but you've come to visit your friends and that's wonderful. But it may be that, bang, the Holy Spirit's going to get you. And that's a precious thing. You can be born again to a new hope, a, a new purpose, a real purpose of why we're, we're, we're born in the first place, naturally. Jesus says you have to be born again on the inside, or you will not see the kingdom of heaven. It's an internal thing, not learning a set of rules or chants. It's an internal thing where the God of love, God of heaven, transforms your heart to make you new on the inside, where you can forgive your enemies, discover it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's what being born again is. So, first of all, you are uniquely loved. Oh. oh well, sorry about that one. I just couldn't resist that one. That is just so good. And it, it reminded me that, that he loves us as we are. Okay. We don't have to be perfect for God to keep loving us. We will foul up. But God loves us. He can't stop loving. He can't turn off the love tap. In Old Testament, um, it was said of, of God's ancient people, the Lord did not set his love upon you, to, nor to choose you, nor choose you, because you were more than the number of any other peoples, for you were the fewest of peoples. And the Apostle Paul writing to Moses, about Moses in the Old Testament, he said this, this revelation of God, I will, God said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on those I will have compassion. He's a sovereign God. And you can rejoice today that God's sovereign choice of you is unique. You're here because he chose you. Rahola, you're here because God chose you. Love is willing to pay the price. When I first fell in love with my beautiful wife here, I took her out for that first meal. Do you remember, guys, when you take your wife out for that... Well, no, it's like not your wife out for the first meal, but your, 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 your new romancing partner. And uh, I saved up all I got. I can remember it was about £6.50 I had in my pocket. 
That, that was a week's wages in my day, I tell you. And I, I took her out for this meal, and uh, I wanted to impress her. You, you take them to the best place, don't you? And uh, um, we, the a la carte menu, yeah, do that. And we got, I, I got through the main course. I started the main course. I thought, I can afford this. Yeah, that's fine. I was counting the money in my pockets. I was. I was counting. What, is, what are you doing? And, uh, and she, then, then the waiter came and said, would you like um, a choice from the sweet trolley, madam? And I went, no, just choose a vanilla two scoops, you know. And, uh, she, she went for it, you know. And, uh, she thought I was loaded. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought there was somebody falling over in the spirit then. <laughs> anyway, and I, I thought, wow, um, I've only just got enough to, to express my love to her. God's, God's got, what was the price that God paid to express his love to you and to me? You need to have that mic. And these verses are very familiar to everybody here, or nearly everybody, I'm sure. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. And, you know, the world, it means everybody. It means you, it means me, it means your neighbours. It says, Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That means me. Those songs we were singing that my sin is dealt with by Jesus, that is absolutely amazing. I don't have to perish. In 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9, it says Jesus does not want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to come to eternal life. And the next verse says, for God did not send his son Jesus into the world to condemn the world. How often we condemn people, don't we? And how often even as Christians we can condemn people that we know and we, look, we can look down on them, we can judge them. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. And he came to save each one of us. And that is his love for us. His love is, is all-encompassing. He knows each one of you. He knows each one by name. He calls you by name this morning. He does not condemn you. Whatever you've done wrong, it can be wiped out just just like that today. Just like getting a blackboard rubber across a slate. You could just he, he will wipe your sin out and put a new start in you, a new beginning, because that's how much he loves you. He's not wanting anyone to perish but all to come to repentance. Those first Christians who encountered Jesus' love those centuries ago, um, this, this disciple of Jesus wrote this to, his, um, to the church that he was leading. He said this, See what manner of love the Father has lavished upon us. That God is a good God. He lavishes his love upon you. See what manner of the love he's lavished upon you that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The, the, the extent of his love is that we should be called God's children. 
That's adopted. We've been adopted into a family. Let's, let's never take this adoption for granted. Because this will help you and I, not only to get through the week, but to live through the week and the months and the years with a different attitude. Because there is a, unfortunately, if you don't have this attitude of understanding of sonship, we, we end up with a, an attitude and a mindset of an orphan spirit. God doesn't want you to live as orphans, but as sons and daughters of God. Secondly, you are uniquely alive. When this love of God fills your life and you understand just the extent of God's love and passion for you, you become alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. I don't have to drug and medicate myself into happiness because the Holy Spirit has revealed to me I'm loved by God and alive. Those of you who've had the joy of falling in love, do you remember what it was like? Yes. (laughs) But for you to understand that you are loved by God, you are loved by God, you're alive. You become alive, it's different. It's a permanent love that will never leave you. This week I was um, I, 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 I was showing somebody around um, the Riverside um, uh, representatives of a company looking, um, looking at the property to perhaps give us some advice and the person said how did you raise the money for this? And I said well um, my wife and I we, we give sacrificially. He said yeah but you can't do the whole thing. I said no everybody gives sacrificially and outrageously. And I could see the confusion on this lady's face she had a huge car huge car I'm not going to say which make it was but it's a huge car and I said God has broken us free from the spirit of materialism because he's lavished his love upon us and therefore we want to give because we receive God's love something happens to us on the inside it touches us we just want to give you have given outrageously you have why? What's the secret? What's the secret? Well, because God has touched us. God's the God of love. The Holy Spirit makes us alive. And thirdly, we become uniquely positioned as sons and and fellow heirs of God. We become secure. So you're God's. You're, you're in, God the Father puts you in Christ. That is total protection. No matter what will happen to you in life, you're saved and secure in him. Bless you. We're uniquely positioned as sons and fellow heirs of God. We're born again into the most amazing family. The Apostle Peter said this, you become a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's our identity. And therefore we should treat one another as sons and daughters of the king. In the church. Outside in the world, we should see that, recognize that everybody is created in the image of God. 
So there's a dignity that we should give to everyone, employees, children, neighbours. That's what it does. We, we recognise that God has saved us. He's given us a new identity, and that can be your identity, because God's love can touch you as it's touched me. It gives us a dignity. It's wonderful to have Siam and Rahola in particular being baptised today. They've come from another religious background. But just talking with them, discovering that the God of Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, is a loving God who loves and brings joy and peace and transformation. You'll hear it later on. We've been sitting together, been doing some discipleship, haven't we, up at the uh, River, um, at the Singleton, sorry, Environmental Centre, and it's where they do the speed awareness course. Could anybody put their hands up and confess you've been done the speed awareness course? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, so we were there, we, we, you can have coffees in the coffee area, and uh, we've been meeting Rola and uh, and uh, Siam, and we've been going through discipleship, what it is to be born again. It's been absolutely a blast, hasn't it? I mean, Rola Hola, we're, we're still learning English, aren't we? But So we've got the um, Google Translate, do you remember the Google Translate? And uh, I was trying to find, show you which verse in the Bible we want to look at, and we were getting really confused. Really confused, and it's only when, uh, about 15 minutes later, I realised that the New Testament in Farsi's Bible, um, your Bible in Farsi, the New Testament's at the beginning, and you read it from the, back to the front. So I asked him to look at Acts of the Apostles, the fifth book, he was reading from Numbers. And it was a <laughs> really scary moment, but we, we, it was fantastic. And I thought, actually, it's one of the most memorable moments of my Christian life. To, to be with brothers from other cultures, now we're in the family of God. We've been born again into a family. This is our royal status. Where would you get anything like this apart from the Christian church? You wouldn't. People from every tribe and nation, every social background and standing, we're one in Christ with a dignity and a love. I feel alive. I do feel alive. And these people coming out of the Speed Awareness course were looking at us. We were laughing our heads over the Bible. And I think, who are these people? Who are these people? We're children of God. Joint sons and heirs. And that's a difficult phrase to do when you get your ages the wrong way around. Where else will we get such diversity? The Apostle Paul said this, you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, whereby you cry, Abba, Father. As we're doing this process of looking up and in, please, can I implore you to meditate on the fact that you are a son and daughter of God? We really do need to get it. Because sometimes I don't think we do get it. You know why? Because I don't get it. The apostle, Paul, Peter, when they're writing to um, the churches with their epistles, they could see that 
that some of the people's behavior was inconsistent with who they are in Christ. They weren't trying to do... It would have been so easy for them to have done behavioral modification, given them a list of do's and don'ts. They didn't do that. What they did instead was to focus back on who they were as believers. And that will bring about transformation of character, transformation of identity. Because who you are in Christ will transform how you live to others. So we're uniquely valuable. You really are. You are uniquely valuable to God because he did not spare his own son. People are looking for love. This is, this is true love. It really is. God did not withhold his son, but gave him to be um, the means by which you could be cleansed from your sin. I was musing about this, walking back home from the hub, and uh, the fair's in town. Has anybody seen the fair down the Victoria Park? And I, was walk- I saw the fair, and I was walking along, and I thought, I remember the days in our village where the fair came to town. I used to hate it because all the teenage girls would be down there flocking around, you know, for these fair, muscly fair men in there, you know, jump on the dodgums. And uh, the local lads, we didn't get a look in because, uh, you know, th- th- these hunks and chunks. And, uh, and as I walked down by Victoria Park, I saw these teenage girls in Ashford all doled up to the nines, looked like a, a waitrose chicken ready. It was all... It, and uh, these, they were swarming around these lads. And I thought, well, something's never changed in life. And they were, they, were, they were sitting on the bench, and I walked by, and this girl, some diva-looking girl, she said, have you got a pound coin for me? I thought, I've got to be careful how I answer this question. So I thought, I'm going to answer the question, because that's what Jesus sometimes did. And I said, well, why do you want it? Why do you want this pound coin? And uh, she said, well, I want it for the bus fare. I said to her, you are worth more than that. Total inconsistent conversation. You are worth more than that. I said, God loves you. You are worth more than that. And you know what she said? She said, yes, you are right. I thought, wow, what happened there? That's not in the evangelism books. It really isn't. But what was happening inside of me was this. I'm being transformed, as you are, by a revelation that God loves me. I am being transformed by the revelation that I have a value to God. And it's, it, it's spilling out. <laughs> it's spilling out. So I'm doing the out bit because I'm getting the up bit and the in bit sorted out. So the out bit, it's just, oops, it happens. Because I thought, God loves you more than that. Don't, don't settle for something cheap. because you, you could be a daughter of the king. You were creating God's image. And church, this will be the outflow of the inflow. You are uniquely valuable. And fifthly, you are God's handiwork. We were not created for cheapness or exploitation. 
we understand that God made man in his own image. And we look, to, we, we look to relate with people on that basis. Sometimes we get it wrong. But we have to come back to, the, to who we are. It can transform your office. It can transform the group of people you work with when you give dignity. Because we're living in a world, in a culture where there's no dignity given. Or if it's given in the wrong places. This is the gospel of the kingdom of God that you become a part of. We look to relate to people differently. Those with an orphan spirit have a hard time loving and accepting themselves who who haven't broken through into this. Those walking in sonship and filled with a sense of divine love and acceptance that enables them to walk confidently in the joy of the Lord in spite of the fact that all the humans are sinners and they fall short of the glory of God. It will transform your life when you know who you are. And sixthly, we're uniquely created for good works. The trouble is this. The world thinks that we have got to be accepted because of our good works. That is not true. You cannot impress God with your good works. But when you realize that God's forgiveness is because of Jesus Christ's blood and your faith in him, simple faith in obedience to him, there'll be a transformation takes place. And you'll be then saved for good works. So there's good works for you to walk in every day. The fantastic news in this that I'm discovering, when we get, up, we get understanding of our identity at a deeper level and understand that God is a love and people are created in his image, it can break out anywhere. Because you want to share it. The problem has been in churches, this whole thing of evangelism, you've got to do it. No, you haven't. You haven't. You haven't got to do evangelism. Don't do, don't do evangelism. <laughs> love God. Let him love you. And it flows. <laughs> it's just, he just does it. There's a love of God poured into our hearts. I'd sooner have that, wouldn't you? I'd sooner have that. But it's possible. This is a sad bit here. It's possible for you to be born again and for Satan, the enemy of your souls and others and even yourself, for identity theft to take place. We all live in fear of not having our identity stolen now, don't we, on the internet, yeah? Credit cards. We insure against it. But there's a bigger identity theft rampant in our society. Where there's no joy, no passion to witness to others, there's a question mark. Has somebody stolen your identity in Christ? And so, you're going to hear today some stories of people being born again. This is a joyous moment in our church, isn't it? Thank you. Why has she got it and you haven't? Why is it? Is it, be, 
If it, is it because she's Italian? No, it might be a bit of that. But I think she, she learns to live out of the goodness of God and a revelation of who she is in all the suffering that you've had, Jenny. You live out the goodness of God. Just think, you can be all like Jenny. Before better being like Jesus, who was anointed with joy above his fellows. So when the twelve disciples, the seventy came, sorry, the seventy disciples came back and he said, Yeah, they said, Yes, the demons are subject to us. Do you know what it says in the Bible? It says, Jesus did a little dance. He did whoop, 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 whoop. This is good. That would make a good church meeting, wouldn't it? When we don't live out of our identity and live in a, a, an orphan spirit, all sorts of nasty stuff comes out. Anger, rage, gossip. When we live in our identity, stops there. Stops there. No, that's not who we are. That is not our identity. We're on a learning curve in that, but that is not our identity. If somebody's gossiping, stop it, please. If you've got a problem, go to that person directly. That is not our identity. Our identity is in Christ, love accepted. We don't have to get people to our side or whatever it is. We don't have to justify ourselves because he has justified us. Amen? Okay. Right. Now,